You're listening to Talking Culture, a Futures podcast. This special episode on blockchain technologies in the arts was commissioned by the Goethe Institute London in 2020. My personal aspirations in relation to blockchain changing the art world is that the art world is reconfigured to be a more equitable, fair, less conservative and experimental space. Think back to 2008, when the global financial crisis was plunging the world into economic disaster. That was the very same year that Bitcoin was invented. A decentralized digital currency that bypassed traditional central banks. Bitcoin ran on the blockchain, a permanent, private, and open way of administering financial transactions. In the years since, a growing number of people began thinking about how blockchain technology might transform arts and culture. Hi, I'm Franca Forth, and welcome to Talking Culture from the Goethe Institute London the podcast where artists, writers, and creatives reflect on the most pressing issues of our times. Now, as the world is facing a new economic crisis, how could the blockchain transform the arts? The blockchain was interesting because it was a new decentralization technology, especially looking at this relationship between art, value, and money. Blockchain could shift what is valued in the arts. Today, we're bringing you our podcast in a slightly different format than you're used to. You'll hear about artworks that run on blockchain technology, and artist collectors from Berlin to Moscow that are using the blockchain to revolutionize and democratize their way of working. But we start closer to home with two British creatives who explain exactly what blockchain is and why they believe it's important to the arts. The blockchain is the technology that underpins Bitcoin, which is decentralized digital money. This is money that works without banks or governments. And since the blockchain was invented by the mysterious Satoshi Nakamoto in 2008, just as the financial crash was reaching its peak, since then, the kind of second wave of blockchain really allows that money to also be programmable, which allows people to do all kinds of interesting things around asset management and governance. I'm Ruth Catlow. I'm an artist and co-founding artistic director of Furtherfield and Decal Decentralized Arts Lab. My name is Ben Vickers. I'm the chief technology officer of the Serpentine Galleries in London and also the co-founder of Ignota Books. So the kind of ideological base on which cryptocurrency is founded has a somewhat a libertarian, anarcho-capitalist vibe to it, which I think is important to consider because it's led to a somewhat toxic culture in the construction of the blockchain space. So a lot of the ideas that you hear around the crypto space is this idea of a kind of breakaway from nation states, etc. But one of the things that we're particularly interested in is the potential for it to provide new systems of governance. Fiat currencies, that's your dollars and your pounds and your yens. 
are made, controlled, and their value is set by the machinations of states and banks. And one of the ways in which the banking system keeps track of how money is flowing around the world is through vast databases that are records of all the transactions, who's paying what, where, when. So it's like a kind of time-stamped ledger. The blockchain software basically distributes the responsibility for securing and verifying the information in that ledger across the network of people who are running the software. And it's got tied into it this kind of rhetoric of being freed from intermediaries. We don't need the states and the banks managing our lives for us. So it's this idea that we control the ledger ourselves and it's secured through hard maths, basically. But why are people in the arts, people like Ruth and Ben, interested in the blockchain? As an artist, I took to the web as a space where you could create, distribute, discuss, critique and circulate work. We would all see ourselves together. We would coordinate, cooperate, that we would be able to decentralize, distribute, decision-making resources, all of this stuff. But by the mid-noughties, we saw mass centralization of the web, which meant that we ended up with these kind of behemoths of like Google, Facebook, Amazon, these monopolistic, profit-driven giants. So the blockchain was interesting because it was a new decentralization technology. It was a technology that put money and value at the heart of things. And it really allowed artists to apply these kind of critical practices that have been developed through the early days of the web. And especially looking at this relationship between art, value and money and the role of financialization really in the heart of art and wider culture. In the years since blockchain was invented, artists have made works using Bitcoin tokens or other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum. There are examples of artists like Jonas Lund, who created his own token and then distributed it to different individuals that was used as a mechanism, not just to make decisions about the types of artworks he should make, but also provided an incentive structure for people promoting his work. So there are already many experiments that are kind of unfolding in this moment that are illustrative of the fact that in five or ten years' time that we'll see these things scaled up into both institutional settings but also in the way that artists organise together. Yeah, I think we can add into that. So a really early example was by an artist who is also a law researcher called Primavera de Filippi, who with Ocaos made a project called Plantoids. And this is a kind of illustration that gets us into the heart of the blockchain imaginary for artists to some degree, in that she made quite cyberpunk style plants that were androids that danced and glowed when an audience tips it with bitcoins or ether. 
And as it accrues the donations of its audience, it then commissions an artist to make its babies with the idea that anyone who has paid into the commissioning pot can then also have some say in determining what the next generation of plantoids will both look like, but also how their contracts will operate. So at the last count, there were 16. And some of those were charitable plantoids. So they distributed money to good causes. Some of them had very strict terms that said that this plantoid can only be shown in very particular places or to very particular people. So it's kind of exploring the relationship between aesthetics, governance, and resources in a way that helps us to understand what some of the possibilities will be. What excites Ben and Ruth the most is not necessarily art that uses blockchain technology, but rather the way the blockchain could transform the arts from behind the scenes. I began a long time ago now, probably like two years into Bitcoin's inception, I began hosting conversations around the potential of blockchain and personally did not sign up to the kind of political doctrine of Bitcoin. But it was actually in the later phases of his development where I began to see a different kind of potential. And that potential was very much driven by this idea of decentralized autonomous organizations. Decentralized autonomous organizations, or DAOs, are organizations whose financial transactions and ways of operating are managed by the blockchain. Imagine the manifesto of an artist collective was encoded in the blockchain and all of their financial transactions and operating decisions were traceable in a permanent and transparent ledger. At the time, I was working on a project called Unmonastery, which was an attempt to reproduce monastic networks, new spaces for living and working together. And this is very much driven by the historical arc of artist collectives, such as Dada, Asafile, Situationist International, and seeing the potential that within these kind of programmable organizations, that there could be the possibility of an advent for a new type of artist organizing. There's a historical example called the Artist Pension Trust, which was an effort to pool artists' work in order to provide pensions for artists that throughout their lives tend not to be paying into a pension fund. And the idea was that by having a hundred artists put an artwork in and maybe two or three of them later in life would see very, very high market prices and those works could be sold and redistributed to everybody within that network. So the possibility of decentralized autonomous organizations is that not only could you take that model, but you could also make it freely available so that any group of artists could create those types of organizing structures. So when you take examples like that, it becomes very obvious that there's real value here. And I think that that's quite important because also historically artists haven't necessarily been the most astute when it comes to making admin decisions about how they operate as a business. And that's understandable because the nature of artistic expression does not prioritize that side of production, but it has led to a very imbalanced scenario where less and less artists are able to make decisions about the art world in which they inhabit. So I guess part of our hope is that this will tip the balance. 
Ben also hopes the blockchain will reduce legal costs for artists. Instead of hiring a lawyer, artists could use off-the-shelf legal contracts administered on the blockchain. What is happening in the later development of blockchain is that these ideas, these concepts, these technologies are being applied to things like legal contracts. So if you and I want to make a contractual arrangement that we potentially could copy and paste a contract that covers all of the things that we want to agree to and essentially sign it with a digital signature and that contract would hold. Often people say, well, creating an organization and running accounts and creating contracts, etc., all of those things already exist. So why do you need the blockchain for that? And I think one of the really simple things to understand is that those things generally are complicated, not easily accessible, and extremely expensive. And so it lowers the point of entry for being able to use these things. Probably five years out from now, individual artists, but also in many other sectors, it will be possible for them to easily interact with contract law, for example. And that is pretty significant. Three years ago, the Goethe Institute London partnered with Ben and Ruth's organizations, the Serpentine Galleries, Furtherfield and Decal, the Decentralized Arts Lab. We wanted to support DAO, a series of talks they convened, bringing together leaders from the world of blockchain and the arts. I'm Ruth, I'm Ruth Catlow, artist, co-founder, director of Furtherfield. And with Ben Vickers here, we've co-devised this DAO series for your delectation. So it's a collaboration with the Goethe Institute as part of the State, State Machines programme, which is... So in 2016, myself and Ruth decided to convene a gathering of people within the art industry, cultural sector, to attempt to explain what blockchain was and what we thought the implications were. That was certainly a challenge then, as it remains a challenge now. And that meeting became the genesis for collaboration with the Goethe Institute, where they recognized what we were attempting to do and, and why it was important to bring people across the technology sector, legal and the arts together to have a different kind of conversation about where these types of technologies might go and what the potential imaginaries could be for them. And that kicked off the DAO series that myself and Ruth convened, which was a series of workshops and talks. DAO stands for Decentralised or Distributed Autonomous Organisation with Others. Working with Serpentine and the Goethe Institute, we've really for the last year and a half now been working on the next phase, which is the DAO Global Initiative. And this is really about supporting network development between artists, cultural workers, blockchain entrepreneurs from six international cities. One of those international cities was Berlin, home to an artist collective called Black Swan that's taking part in the Art World DAO think tank. My name is Callum Bowden, and I'm one of the co-founders of Trust, which is a space in Berlin for utopian conspiracy. 
My name is Laura Lotti, I'm a member of Trust and I'm a researcher in token economics and emergent dynamics in blockchain cultures. For me, blockchain enables new thinking about how we organize in the arts and how the economics of art functions. The art world is kind of based around major institutions or like blue chip galleries that capitalize on a few artists that they elevate. And these are the people who benefit from the entire contemporary art world. But there's the majority of creative practitioners or artists who are not supported by these institutions. And I think that it's in this space that blockchain becomes interesting in the arts. I mean, like, I'm not giving you an answer of making art with blockchain, but rather using thinking from blockchain to reimagine how value is exchanged in the arts. So Black Swan is a proposal for siphoning resources from established arts organizations and institutions into the hands of cultural practitioners. And together we started thinking about ways of using blockchain-based decentralized autonomous organizations to add a governance layer to a kind of decentralized arts fund where artists would be able to decide how funds are allocated. And we're really interested in incentivizing collaborations and moving beyond this idea of the atomized individual artist to think about what shared ownership models might look like or how you incentivize collaboration. And now Laura and I are facilitating Black Swan at Trust with the output of a simple digital tool that will enable some sort of governance of shared resources. In my very cursory experience with existing DAOs, they have very high learning curve. The user needs to be a technical expert. And so we're kind of trying to use some of the thinking from the blockchain space around how we might organize differently or how we might make decisions collectively to develop the most simple digital tool that people at Trust will use. Finally, we have some digital tools, uh, such as these uh, DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, uh, that help uh, look back at how to organize uh, collectively. And so perhaps it's less about the technology itself uh, and it's more about uh, beginning to map or like take on those mechanisms or those uh, patterns for interaction and decision-making. Just the idea of blockchain and the idea of rethinking the incentives, perhaps, is something that we've been finding particularly useful to think about the very basic model that we have now of Black Swan. Blockchain could shift what is valued in the arts or could enable what is valued and how value flows within the art world to change. And also open up the question of ownership and access uh, in different ways, perhaps. Another artist collective, taking part in the art world DAO think tank, divide their time between Belarus and Russia. My name is Dina Zhuk. And uh, my name is uh, Nikolai Spisivtsev. We are the group called EEEFFF, and we are based between Minsk and Moscow. 
In 2017, we made an artistic application that is called MyFutures.Trade, which we made in order to question the um, notion of value and what does it mean. And this web application allows you to make transactions by trading your future goals and dreams. And this is like a speculative financial stock exchange based on blockchain technology called Ethereum. And so what we're interested in that uh, participants become a part of um, an anonymous society by trading their own goals. They can sell and exchange both short-term and long-term goals. And in exchange, they suggest a potential investor, something that might interest them. We were interested in using this financial instrument as the medium to experience new forms of the decentralized financial organization and to experiment with the codependency or with interdependency that happens between participants. For us, uh, I think it was important to use blockchain because uh, during that time, 2016-17, it is just started. So for us, it was a kind of new uninvestigated tool that can lead us to anything. So we were trying to grasp this feeling that we can't predict what exactly will happen uh, during our speculation. And another reason was at that time, the blockchain was more about technology, but not about the social constructs around it. And the time of having some bridges to the culture from the territory of blockchain technologies was on the very beginning. As part of the art world DAO think tank, Zina and Nicolet are making a new artwork. It's a live action role play, or a LARP, that imagines a world in which all blockchains are dead. They hope to use this decentralized technology as a way of exploring social issues in the once centralized post-Soviet countries. So what we were thinking to make is um, a network of people who are taking care of and working at the orangery of relict or of dead blockchains and blockchains in our world uh, that we are making inside of this laboratory is no longer an innovation but kind of fossil or extinct technology that we can work with. We will not use blockchain specifically but we will use blockchain as the notion and as something that can be unpacked in order to see what lies underneath blockchain, what lies underneath the desires, again, of this uh, specific technology. We would like to involve our friends from uh, different post-Soviet contexts, from Belarusian cities and some from Russian and Ukrainian cities. For us, it's interesting to develop the scenario of this LARP in a such way when it will be useful as a tool to bring more clearness into the situation with uh, this desire to solve the social and political problems with the technology and to develop the common knowledge and common language how to talk about it in a very specific post-Soviet situation. Even though it's still only a nascent technology, the blockchain is slowly changing the arts. It's not only inspired artworks. 
It could also change the way artists work and lower the costs of doing business. For Ben and Ruth, the blockchain also has the potential to decentralize the money and power in the art world. Ruth points to a recent paper from DAX, an organization that campaigns for the rights of visual artists. There was some important and interesting work done by DAX in the UK last year, which was like pushing for a fairer art world by using the blockchain to instantiate resale rights for artwork. So it kind of puts right the problem that an artist might sell a painting for £500 and then 20 years later it gets sold for £5 million, but they don't have a right to any of that inflation in the value of the work. And that DAX were doing this work where by registering artworks on blockchains that you may be able to program into the agreement, into the sale agreement, that any percentage in the inflation of the price would then always go back to the artist. So it's a kind of royalty system. So I think there we have something which is kind of like addressing the status quo of the art world, but trying to introduce a little bit more fairness into it. The potential for the blockchain to make the art world more equal is even more important now as the world is facing economic crisis. The art market or the economy for serving artists has never really worked in that there is a huge number of artists, but for the most part, the market is predicated on the commodity form of the circulation of artworks and a scarcity model. So. It's a kind of necessary condition of art that the majority of artists don't get funded for the work that they do. Most artists would tell you that this economy didn't function years ago. But I think what's interesting in this moment where we've had a pandemic and there's an oncoming financial crisis and what was the kind of middle tier commercial market that was already struggling is now facing total evisceration. And so that this has like quite significant implications. It's quite likely now to be a growing consensus within the arts that there is a need for new organizing principles, new organizing structures, and new models of business. So I think that it's particularly interesting right now to think about this technology, which is still very nascent, but could provide the keys to entirely rethinking that system of distribution. My personal aspirations in relation to blockchain changing the art world is not that blockchain changes the art world, but that the art world is reconfigured to be a more equitable, fair, less conservative and experimental space. And that blockchain is one of the kind of ally technologies in facilitating that transformation. Ben Vickers, Chief Technology Officer at the Serpentine Galleries in London, and Ruth Catlow, Artist and Co-Founding Artistic Director of Furtherfield. For more on DAO and the two artist collectives you've heard from, head to our website, goethe.de slash uk slash podcast. You've been listening to Talking Culture from the Goethe Institute London with me, Franca Forth. For this episode, we worked with producer Georgia Moody and reduced listening. Thanks so much for joining me. Next time on the podcast... As a writer, I feel powerless to single-handedly end structural racism. But like Toni Morrison, 
Mai Ayim, Bucci Emeceta, and Bernardine Evaristo, I can bear witness and write about the myriad ways in which racism affects us all. I can use my literature in the service of black lives so that we can have some kind of tomorrow. In the next episode, author and political activist Sharon Dedua Otu honors the vision of black feminist creative authors and the change-making potential of their writing. <laughs>